Hi everyone, I'm Mimi Nicklin, and this is Secrets of the Gap, a podcast where we will be delving into the secrets and stories of the global empathy gap from workplaces and society. With your time in mind, each episode is only 20 minutes, with the goal of connecting with fascinating people from across the globe to look at the wide-reaching impact of the empathy deficit that is affecting our businesses and our lives today. We will be discussing the value of emotional intelligence and empathy, and given our experience of 2020 so far, well, I believe this conversation couldn't be better timed. Welcome to a new episode of Secrets of the Gap. I'm thrilled you joined us. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Secrets of the Gap. I'm so excited you're here with us because I have a really, really fantastic guest tonight, which I'm really looking forward to introducing you to. So today I have Nikki Kemp with me, who is the editorial director of Creative Brief. Um, And Nikki wrote just the most fantastic piece. Well, I'm sure Nikki writes many, many fantastic pieces in her job. Um, But for me, she wrote a piece that was particularly poignant, Um, just a few weeks ago in early August that was entitled Mummy, What Did You Do in the Great COVID Crisis and was printed in campaign and and commented on quite widely. It definitely captured my attention. Um, And Nikki, thank you for agreeing to come and join me here, talk about it a little bit and just talk about empathy, advertising, women, all kinds of things. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're so, you're so, so welcome. So, so tell me, I mean, obviously I've read the piece, but for the listeners, um, tell me a little bit about what inspired you to write this piece. Obviously, when you read the piece, and I really recommend people go and, and find it, you talk about the headline that inspired it and some of the context of what's going on over there at the moment. Maybe you could give us a bit of background and then we can talk about where it went from there. Of course. Um I think there's a really challenging media narrative at the moment um, for women and particularly women in the creative industries. And in all honesty, this was an article that was um, spurred by a bit of of rage. Actually, I saw this headline in The Times, um, which I know was a play on words, but saying, Daddy, what did you do in the great COVID crisis? Why it's our national duty to get back to the office? And, you know, uh, that headline alone, you'd probably let it pass. But we're in the context of a media environment in which women's experiences and particularly their experiences of this pandemic are just not recognized or addressed. And particularly when it comes to parents and working parents, the coronavirus crisis has been pretty challenging. Um, And this article was written at the beginning of the summer holidays with a childcare sector on the brink of collapse. And in, in all truth, it was written on my mobile phone while I sat in my daughter's bedroom trying to put her to bed. No way. Transparency. Um, because I just thought this is, this is ridiculous to not have any kind of recognition or empathy for the lived experiences of women. And do you think, Nikki, that's something that's um, become particularly poignant and noticeable, I guess, because of COVID? Or do you think this is a discussion or a reality, two slightly different things, um, that has been there all along? How do you feel about that? I think particularly for our industry, for the creative industries, I think women's experiences have always been at the bottom of the list, um, and even more so for for women of colour. And it's a lack of empathy and understanding which we see in everything from microaggressions in the workplace to the lack of women in industry publications um, to the 
lack of empathy for women in advertising. And you look at the advertising industry's catastrophic failure to take older women seriously. And there's no way that there isn't a red thread between that massive commercial missed opportunity and the lack of women in the room, if that makes Mm. sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, earlier today, I was speaking to some people in London, actually, and they were asking me why I thought it was um, that senior leaders, not necessarily men, but, you know, obviously, there's a skew there, um, find it so hard to empathise. And I was telling them that one of my opinions is that over many years, nobody ever um, elevated this conversation, certainly nobody ever trained it. Um, And many of those leaders, particularly older leaders, came from a generation where there was, you know, growth, the growth was just flying from all angles, they were making money everywhere. Nobody had to empathise with anybody else because they were too busy making money, you know, coming out of out of their ears. Um, to what extent do you think the financial slowdown, the economic reality of COVID um, maybe has made that worse? Has it made it worse? Are people even less likely to empathise now? Or like we saw in some of those early months, you know, do you think things are changing and people are coming together? I think things are changing. I know in the business press, we've been talking about bringing your whole self to work for a long, long time. Um, and this notion that you have a professional self and a personal self um, is something that's really breaking down. And I think regardless of the economic challenges that companies are facing, you know, just the way we operate, you know, we've seen senior leaders in our industry make a misstep or say something wrong, but address it really quickly on LinkedIn. And I know it sounds cheesy, uh, LinkedIn leadership, but I do think that there is this era now of LinkedIn leadership and active listening, which actually requires that leaders show a lot more empathy. And it actually requires that they start hiring more diversely. I think historically, as a journalist, I've seen CEOs surrounded by people that don't actually tell them the reality of what's happening within the companies that they're supposedly leading. So you've had this kind of historic issue of leaders talking about and writing about issues that are actually endemic within their own companies, whether that's sexism or sexual harassment or the gender pay gap. And I think that gap is starting to be bridged. We've seen some more interesting hirings from agencies and the sorts of people that you just can't imagine pussyfooting around any issues with their senior leadership team because sometimes I think there has been a disconnect so you've had leaders that do have empathy but they don't actually understand what's going on with their own staff because as that message travels up the company it just kind of disappears any kind of problem disappears So I think you've got some leaders who look like they've had a massive empathy deficit when what they've had is like an internal communications problem within their own organisations, particularly when they're big, big networks. And I, you know, I think that's really valid. And I think actually your last point there about big networks is so important. One of the things I say in my book is that there's just got to be times when as leaders of networked agencies, particularly because we have less control, right, because there's so many layers of people above us, um, that we just say not this year. You know, we can't, whatever it is, grow X percent this year or we can't change the structure right now or no, we can't make those redundancies in that time period um, because those environments just make it impossible to empathise. You know, I often talk about empathy having two great enemies. One of them is time 
and the other is stress from a physiological point of view. Um, and we're certainly in this, um, you know, this hamster wheel of both of those things, no time and high stress. Um, so I think you're right. Often it maybe isn't actually the people themselves that don't have any empathy, but perhaps it is, you know, more of a, a corporate communications and political reason that yeah. we're not seeing as much empathy as, as perhaps even they might like to show. I definitely agree with that. And I also think quarterly reporting the whole sort of financial structure is not built around empathy. It's built around maximizing shareholder value. And you see that now, like I, I used to be a financial journalist and the, the dehumanization of language around business is, you know, you, they talk about wastage instead of people losing their jobs. And there's a lot of that going on or human capital. It's like, no, no, you mean people, you mean your talent. And I think especially for the creative industries, you know, the biggest thing and the biggest power in the creative industries is people. And when you start talking about human capital or you diminish someone to a line item on a spreadsheet, and we have seen that with COVID, it has disproportionately impacted senior, older people, arguably mm. the people that we need most for nurturing the next generation of talent. Because when they're reduced to a line item, it's like, oh, that person is paid more than that person. And it's just it just becomes a bit of a race to the bottom. Mm. And I think one of the, the impacts on that, you know, when I listen to you talking is, you know, I, I often talk about the fact that empathy is a skill, right? So there's this real kind of uh, misconception that we're, we're born with more or less of it, which we know now is not true. We're all born with exactly the same amount. But there is also evidence that it's easier to empathize. It's more natural to empathize with people who have a shared experience. And if we don't have any of the older people left in our industry that have all that experience, right, that have the muscle memory of these environments, and of course, no one's been through a, a flu pandemic, a global pandemic like this before. But, you know, by all means, they've been through recessions and other other crises. Um, I think, you know, we're, we're also losing empathy from the top, right? Definitely. And I think that's something that's so undervalued in our business and particularly in creative businesses. And when I look at the criticism that's sometimes leveled at female leaders, it will be based around empathy. So it will be things like, oh, she cares too much. Mm. Uh, oh, she's not strategic. And honestly, strategic is often used in the context of basically being a bit of a shit. You know, like that's a positive thing. And I think that's something that hopefully this experience is going to change because I think what we've seen in our industry is a real backlash against brands that haven't acted with empathy. And hopefully that will cause a little bit of introspection within the industry as to why that's happening. And particularly when it comes to ageism in the industry, because you look at the, you know, the lack of respect given to older women in advertising and this ridiculous narrative that we should somehow fight the signs of aging as if getting old isn't like one of life's greatest privileges right and you just think if you look at this and you tackle that empathy deficit the commercial rewards are going to be massive mm. and I think I'm still hopeful of that although I know the current crisis has really put the brakes on from everything from reporting of the gender pay gap to investing in like genuinely investing in diversity and inclusion. And Nikki, you, um, and I'm not asking you to, you know, give away any secrets here, but obviously you hear 
a lot in your job. You know, you're in the middle of, of, of the conversation really often. Do you think that the men that are leading the industry begrudge this conversation, this need for change, this this uh, pressure to to balance these things out? Or do you think on the whole, they're sort of on board with, with the need for change? I think definitely um, on the whole, I think they are on board with the need for change. And I also think it's really important, like I've, I think is so vital that you can be an incredible male advocate for change and empathy and just as well, you can also be a woman that is completely unempathetic, not inclusive, not um, fostering an empathetic culture. I don't think your gender necessarily is the blocker. And actually, you know, I've, I've been really lucky and um, really, really progressed under empathetic male leaders as well as women. And I think that's so vital. But I think what we all need to do, and I say this um, as a middle-class white woman, it's something that I need to do personally as well, is be really open to the criticism that we receive. You know, what are we getting wrong? Who are we ignoring? Who isn't in the room? And I think if we can be a bit more collective and a bit more open-minded about some of the things that we need to change to get the progress that we need then we'll get there faster. Because I think there is, across the industry, a real desire for people to have, you know, brilliant, create brilliant creative work, um, to have a fulfilling careers. You know, for people-based businesses, I think if there's leaders that don't see that as a, as a business imperative, then they're in the wrong job, to be honest. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the questions I get asked a lot is, um, has our industry lost its empathy or did it never have have that empathy? You know, and I think that there's various ways to answer that question. But I did come across some really interesting um, research relatively recently, actually, um, by an organization in the UK called Reach. Um, and they they studied empathy levels in our industry against the general population of the UK. And I don't know if you saw this, Nikki, but what the res- what the result showed was that um, our levels in our industry of perspective taking um, and uh, empathy sit at around thirty percent. So thirty percent of our people have high, as you know, according to their metrics, high levels. Um, which is almost identical to the general population because that data was at 29. So that's quite mad that, you know, an industry that is supposed to be, you know, we sort of believe ourselves to be uh, the most understanding people. You know, we've been ever since the Mad Men days, right, studying humanity, looking at insight, researching people, creating communications that talks to the hearts and minds of others. And yet the data shows we're on par with sort of Joe Public, who haven't been trained or particularly passionately following that need to empathise with others on a mass scale. So when I when I read that, it's about a year years old now. Um, yeah, it was quite shocking, really. And and I I don't have the answer to that question whether we've lost our empathy or whether we never really had it. I don't know what you think. I think it's a skill that's been massively undervalued and criticised and very gendered in that criticism. That whole notion of you care too much and I've, I've seen that a lot with female creative directors as well sort of that kind of oh you know y- you don't have a tough enough skin to see your work be criticized and it's like like it's a bad thing to have empathy for that 
person and the work that they've created. But I also think that perhaps um, the industry has been slightly guilty of not being introspective enough in some ways. So we'll do the big profile of a creative rock star and look at that. But maybe actually, if you're the leader of a company, you need to spend some time on Glassdoor and have a look at what your employees think of you. Um, because some of those reviews of some agencies are so consistently scathing that you just think you've obviously got a problem. There's an empathy gap within your organization and within your, your leadership team as well, if they, they're not seeing that. Um, but actually, I think that's something that hopefully will change. But I think it has just is a general thing. I think empathy is underestimated in business. And I think sometimes there is a lack of empathy for the audiences that brands are trying to connect with because those audiences and those communities aren't reflected within their agencies. Mm. And it is mind blowing, isn't it? That if you're a leadership team of an organization that has, like you said, these consistently bad reviews, that nobody does anything about it. You know, I was rereading uh, Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg uh, recently, uh, just in pieces. And, you know, one of the things she talks about in there is um, you don't have to be liked by everyone, which for me is probably as an empathetic leader, as a woman, as a creative, as all of those things you've been saying. Um, that's the thing I struggle with the most, right? That realization that in making your decisions as a leader, you don't have to be liked by everyone. And actually, you never can be, right? Because as business leaders, we have to make tough decisions. We have to do things, you know, for the for the group, not always for the individual. Um, but what I always say to people that ask me around that is that even when you're making those tough decisions that leave some people upset or unhappy with that, you can treat that with empathy. You can use empathy as a as a mass skill as well as a, as a one-on-one skill. Um, and as I said, it's mind-boggling to me that, organizations even if those people that have exited don't want to make change when they hear or perhaps more to the point they don't hear um, what that feedback is but I don't think it can last that long because the world is very transparent now I think that's the thing it's like it's so interesting and you know particularly being a mother in this industry and being on these whatsapp groups and you think you know there's some agencies spending so much money on marketing their agency brand and then they've treated a female creative director on maternity leave terribly and that's all come out in a whatsapp group and you just think the amount of damage that you're doing to your brand by being unempathetic is huge but because they don't see it they're not looking they don't necessarily understand it and Mm. I think but I think social media is really bridging that gap and forcing companies to be really mindful of of how they treat their staff every day but to your point about being liked I mean I completely agree with you I think I think women especially are held to an impossible standard you know nobody can be liked all the time particularly as a creative person because you're single-minded in your objective and what you're trying to achieve and that means you can't please everyone all of the time But I think hopefully we're moving towards a narrative in which it's okay for women in our industry to have boundaries, to say no, to speak their mind. You know, there's nothing better or more refreshing than hearing a woman in our industry just speak her mind freely and and just not be punished for that or judged for it or 
deemed unlikable or it's just it's just it is changing not fast enough but it is changing Nikki Kemp, thank you so much for inspiring not just my evening, but I'm sure everyone who listens to this at any time of day that they tune in. I think that your summary there is just so incredibly powerful, especially for me, because I am one of those women and I am talking openly about empathy and it can be incredibly scary. So um, even if only you've impacted me on this podcast, um, you've made a massive difference. So Nikki Kemp, thank you so much for joining us um, and having this conversation and really just starting to open up where this empathy gap is in our industry. Um, For everyone listening, you can find Nikki. She's the editorial director of Creative Brief. She's all over the internet. So look her up, read her content um, because there's many more opinions and really interesting insights where this conversation has come from. So thank you all for joining us um, again here on Secrets on the Gap. And I look forward to continuing this conversation outside of the podcast and across some of our um, other platforms. So that's it for today. If you'd like to further join the conversation, I'm often on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, and all the links follow my name. My new book, Softening the Edge, is now out and available to buy on Amazon globally, as well as locally in stores and online around the world. Find out about stores in your country and sign up to my new newsletter on my website, www.miminiklin.com. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you tuning in today, and until next time, Have a great week. Bye.